St. Luke, the 11th chapter, beginning at verse number five. You will find these words that's written there. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And then verse number Uh, Verse number nine, you will discover is where Jesus says, ask and it shall be given. You can knock, the door shall be open, seek and ye shall, and ye shall find. I want to talk to you all just for a few moments from the passage scripture that I have read here uh, for you today. I want to talk about a midnight friend. Let me just take a moment and talk to you about a midnight friend, a midnight friend friend. We all know, we understand that when we look at the word, when we look at the word midnight, uh, midnight just simply means that it's in the middle of the night. (laughs) It means it's a deep or extended darkness or gloom. And so when I look at this text here today, uh, what we have before us is a story that is framed within some instruction by Jesus on prayer. The context of the story is that Jesus was asked by his disciples to teach them how to pray. And in response, Jesus shares with them, as well as with us, some vital principles on prayer, starting off with who should be addressed when we pray. If you glance back up at verse number two of that same chapter, he says, our father, which art in heaven. And so this begins Luke's version of the Lord's model prayer. Our text follows this version and it is followed by more principles on prayer. As a matter of fact, The story of our text is a story designed to communicate one principle of prayer, which is the principle of persistence. You have to understand that persistence is defined as the state or quality of being persistent. And to be persistent means that one refuses to give up in pursuit of what he is seeking after, Despite difficulties or opposition and in spite of constant rejection and refusal. And so the person who is persistent is relentless. 
he or she is determined to receive what he or she is looking for, especially who they're making their request of what he or she desires, and they know that the requestee can provide what they need. And so the lesson Jesus seeks to convey within our text and in the fuller context of our text is that if persistence can obtain something from a reluctant neighbor at midnight, then we can be assured that earnest and resolute petitions made of God will not only get his attention, but they will also garner us an answer in our favor. The fact of the matter is, you ought to just tell yourself, tell yourself, talk to yourself right now. You ought to tell yourself that 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 God has what I need and he will give it to me if I simply asked. You see, in the next verse beyond our text, which is verse number nine, Jesus says, ask and it shall be given, seek and ye shall find, knock, and it shall be opened to you. And then he says, for everyone who acts receives and who and he who seeks find and to him who knocks, it will be open. And so the story of our text reveals God's character as a loving father who hears and answers and our need to be persistent in prayer. You see, you can't give up now. Somebody you've been praying about something. And the Lord just got dropped it in my spirit. Don't give up. Don't give up. You got to keep on asking. Keep on seeking God. Keep on asking simply because God has what you need and persistence can get you what you want. And so in persistence, there is the thought of need being met and of grace being given. Thus, one knock becomes two. And two knocks become three, and three knocks become four or more. And so whatever it takes for the door to be open and the need to be met, you have to understand that you must keep on knocking because the knock is an appeal for help. And until help is given, the knock will continue in face of reluctance and in the face of rejection. Oh, you better make up in your mind and put it in your spirit that I'm going to keep on knocking. I'm not going to give up. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what the devil does. I'm going to keep on on knocking. You have to understand that there's a lot of divine comparison to this story. But one contrast to the story is simply that the one acts in the story is reluctant, but God is for more willing to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask for or even imagine because the Bible teaches us not to be afraid of him, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Ah, you got to know that God wants you to have the desires of your heart, but God wants you to approach him in prayer and in faith and ask of him what you desire. But I need you to know you must have faith 
You cannot waver in your faith when you ask God for what your heart desire. You must have faith. And I tell you that God will bring it to pass because it is written, he who comes to God must believe that God is and that God can do what you ask of him to do. And so when you look at our text, in our text, we have an indisposed friend because of the hour of the day. But in God, we have someone who is willing and ready at all times to avail himself on our behalf. You don't have to be scared. You just have to be persistent. It don't matter what time of day it is. It could be early in the morning. It can be at noonday or it can be in the midnight hour. You don't have to worry about inconveniencing God. All you have to do is just call on him because the Bible declares I will answer and I will show you great and uh, marvelous things. And so you can't be scared. You just must be persistent. And so this story in our text is concerned about the power of persistent prayer, but it can also serve as a basis for our thought and our subject matter concerning a midnight friend. You see, in re-examination of the text, we see one friend appealing to another friend. Notice the text. He's not even going for himself, but for another friend. And so the one who knocks at midnight does so because he too have a knock at midnight. And look at the question that Jesus asks. He says, which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. Not even asking him to give him something, but to lend him something which simply means he intended to restock the stock that he balls. You and I, you and I both know that everybody who gets from you, they don't plan on repaying, returning or nor restocking, even if they term it alone. But what we have in our text is a loan request. And beyond this request, the statement is made for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. I know it's late. I know it's an inconvenience. I know I may have awakened you and caused disturbance in your family. But I'm not just trying to be a friend. I'm just trying to be a friend at midnight. And so here again, we have a friend appealing to a friend on behalf of a friend all in the midnight hour. You see, it's not about being a nuisance. It's not about causing problem or pain, but only about friendship. It's only about being friendly. It's only about making a friend feel welcome and comfortable and showing oneself to be a friend. 
You know what the Bible says? A man who has friends must show himself. Somebody ought to shout friendly. You see, some people don't have friends simply because they're just not friendly. They are mean. They are selfish. They are stingy and self-centered. And some people don't have an outlet of help because they go through life and they help no one. But if you are going to have friends, you must first show yourself friendly. You see, because how many of you all know that true friendship is a two-way relationship? I'm going to say it again. True friendship is a two-way relationship. It's a joint venture. It's a, it's a mutual accommodation. It's a give and take exchange of shared uh, benefits. It, it's equal goodness and common sacrifice. It's not a one-way activity. It's not always getting and never giving or constantly soliciting, but seldom providing. You you know some people like that. Well, let me just go ahead and preach about a friend real quick, because I'm quite sure we know people like that. The only time you hear from them is when they want something from you. Hardly ever do they call to offer something to you. But I'll stop back here to let you know that a real friend, a midnight friend will do what he or she can do to make life better and brighter for someone else. I think that's what life is all about. You have to understand that a midnight friend is hospitable. You see, a midnight friend is generous. A midnight friend is open-handed. A midnight friend is big-hearted. He or she will get out of the bed at midnight. He or she will answer the phone at midnight. He or she will come to your aid at midnight. And he or she will stick by your side. Somebody ought to shout at midnight. You know, you know, hallelujah. You have a midnight friend. You know you have one. When you have someone who will listen to you at midnight, you know you have a midnight friend. When you have a shoulder you can cry on at midnight, you know you have a midnight friend. If your needs can be met at midnight, you know you have a midnight friend. If they will bug another friend on your behalf, Everybody who claims to be your friend is not a midnight friend. Uh, Some people will be your friend as long as the friendship is convenient. Some people will be your friend as long as it's not too late and most definitely not too early. Some people will be your friend only as you show yourself friendly. And some people are only friends in name but not indeed. You can never depend on them and they will never be there when you need them the most. I'm just wondering, do you all have any fair weather friends? Ah, Some people are simply fair 
where the friends. And some people are opportune to friends. And some people are occasional friends. And the Bible declares that some people even play at friendship. Yeah, the Bible says that some people play at friendship. In other words, everybody who smiles in your face and throw their arms around you is not uh, your friend. But how many of y'all know we're in a day and a time now? We need a midnight friend. Jesus says this. He says, ye shall know them by their fruit. And so friendship is more than words. Friendship is also action. You see, some people be your friend as long as you have money. Well, I'm going to talk. Some people will be your friend as long as you have fame. You got to drive a nice car. As long as you're picking up the ticket at the restaurant. As long as you're chauffeuring them around. As long as you're doing for them, then they seem to always be your friend. But I tell y'all what, if you don't believe me that when hard times come, sometimes friends are hard to find. Can I put some scripture on it? When, when, when the boy spent all that he had, talking about the prodigal son, after he had wasted his substance on righteous living, his only recourse of survival was not people. It wasn't his so-called friends, but it was a pig pen. And so when your money's gone, so are people. When fame flickers out, so do people. When your car breaks down, people latch on to somebody else. And if you get sick too long, people will stop coming around and they'll stop calling your number. Well, I stop back here to tell you, these are not midnight friends, but they are midnight moochers. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. They're they're, they're midday parasites. Uh, uh, they're uh, a bunch of bed bugs. Uh, they ain't nothing but mosquitoes and, uh, and flies. Somebody say, preach, pastor. Uh, uh, I say, don't be talking about my friend like that. Yeah, <laughs> just stick with me for a minute. They attach themselves to you in order to suck from you. And once they suck everything out of you, they are finished with you when you have nothing left for them to suck out of you. But I stop by here to tell you that a midnight friend sticks closer than a brother. A midnight friend will help and will not harm you. A midnight friend will contribute and not deplete. And they will love you no matter what. A midnight friend knows all about you, but then yet don't point their finger at you and make you feel that they better than you are. How many of you all are a midnight friend? Don't raise your hand. I don't want to know. But I'm just wondering, am I talking to any midnight friends uh, out there today, that if I knock, you will open. If I call, and I ain't just talking about me, I'm talking about any of your friends. If we call, you're not going to look there at the caller ID and say, that's Pastor Watkins. I'm not answering it. And I, and I had some folk 
Y'all ain't going to believe this. I've called them and they've even answered the phone and try to act like they were on recording and say, sorry, I'm not able to get to your call at this moment. But please, at the sound of the beat, leave your name and your number. And then they go beep and then hang up the phone. That's not a midnight friend. Come on, somebody here. A midnight friend will answer your call no matter what time it is, no matter what time they knock. Midnight friend is a friend in the time of trouble. Is a friend when you need them the most. A midnight friend with two or three loaves at midnight. They'll come with care and concern. Well, I want somebody to know here today that there is a midnight friend. You might have been trying this whole time to think of who was your midnight friend. Well, that wasn't the point of this message. The point of this message is simply to let everybody know you have a midnight friend. If you can stay awake long enough, I'm going to tell you who that friend is. A midnight friend. You have a friend above all friends. A friend for the midnight hour. You have a friend in all seasons. A friend for all reasons. You have a friend that will never leave you. You have a friend that will never forsake you. And I don't know about you, but I need a midnight friend in the midst of this chaos and the confusion. Ah, he's a friend that will listen. He's a friend who cares about you. He's a friend that will share eh, with you no matter what it is. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry. Somebody ought to shout everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And so if you need a friend, if you need a midnight friend, I recommend Jesus. If you fall, he'll pick you up. If you stumble, he'll catch you. If you call on him, he will He will answer. How many of y'all know you can depend on Jesus? He'll walk with you. He'll talk with you. He'll be right there when you need him the most. He'll hold you and he'll rock you in the cradle of his love. Is there somebody or is there anybody here who needs a midnight friend? Somebody who's always there. Somebody you can always call. Somebody you can depend on. Somebody who has a track record of what friendship is all about. Yeah, somebody ought to shout, it's Jesus. Come on here, it's Jesus. Come on, shout it, it's Jesus. Yeah, he said, no greater love have no man than this, that he yeah, will lay down his life for his friends. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He laid down his life, not only for his friends, but for all in need of salvation. 
my friend Jesus. He denied himself. My friend Jesus, he surrendered his life. He shed his blood and bore the nails of a rugged cross. And guess what? We have an ally in Jesus. We have a company keeper. You sitting around talking about, you're feeling all along, the devil is a liar. Call on your friend Jesus. The line is never busy. He'll answer if you call on him. Yeah, he's a confident Aha, in Jesus and one who took our sins upon himself. And I hear Rosemary now. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with this strike, somebody ought to shout, I am healed. Hey, we indeed have healing because of our friend Jesus. He's a mind regulator. He's a heart fixer. He'll dry all of your tears from your eyes. He's a lifter of your head. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I hear that song. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then it says healer. Healer, healer. And then it says what? Deliver, deliver, deliver. And then guess what? When it all comes back, it comes back to one name. And that name, somebody ought to shout is Jesus. (laughs) That name is Jesus. And one day every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess that he is Lord. And there's no other name whereby men can be saved. Somebody ought to shout Jesus. I dare you to shout his name right where you're sitting. Your burdens will be lifted. Shout his name. Wow. My God, right where you're sitting. He'll give you healing in your body. Shout his name where you are. He'll touch your children. If you just shout his name. He'll change the atmosphere in your entire house. You might have woke up arguing, but I dare you to shout Jesus. He'll change the entire atmosphere in your house. A friend went knocking at the door in behalf of another friend because that friend was in need. Don't forget the time he knocked. It was at midnight. He inconvenienced himself and everybody else just for a friend. That's the kind of friend I have in Jesus. He inconvenienced himself just for you and just for me came all the way from heaven down to save a wretch like me. My testimony is I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see.